Every morning, I feel the perpetual rhythmic thumping within my chest cavity, which orchestrates the locomotive of blood throughout my bodily complex, the heart, my heart. This signifies life. It's what separates the living from the dead. Something so simple yet complex in biological terms. A bio-engine of sorts. Something that's so continuous throughout the lifespan of most organic, multicellular species. Until it isn't. The symbolic representation of love. I have a heart. A four-chambered muscular organ which grants me life. But to feel is another question. I feel with my hands. With my body. My sensory receptors relay signals from my extremities to the central nervous system, and so on and so forth, just like any other. But to feel, as most people describe, this, this is something that is only a mental construct that I cannot attain. Chapter 1 Nocturnal incubation completed. Homeostasis is achieved. Sam echoed the smell of the sharp purified oxygen filled my nostrils, then my lungs, and let out a giant yawn oh. as I stretched my body to grant it more oxygen flow. Neurological functionings. Optimal. When will you realize I'm made to perfection, Sam? I asked coldly as I dressed myself in my sleek white uniform. Even I have my flaws, Sam rang back. The systematic processing failures are inevitable within any machine, biological or synthetic. Despite me being one of the most advanced artificial intelligence systems to date, there's a humble brag for you. There are ample amounts of errors I must sift through myself. My own autoimmune system, if you will. For the ones I cannot deal with, your father supplements. Speaking of your father, he left a transmission for you. I nodded as I finished slipping on my footwear, then walked over to my desk. I sat in my experiential learning pod, placed my reality augmentation headset over my head, closed my eyes, and waited for Sam to begin the transmission. A buzz began to emanate from the device. Then, my father's image was transmitted into my mind. He was wearing his black overcoat that I dreaded as it wasn't the standard attire within his line of profession. White lab coats are easy to mess up, and they make me feel like an old man, he told me. Regardless of his attire, he always took his work very seriously. He was cerebral when it comes to that. Holographic imaging activated. Hello, sir. Everything is well. It's been a while. With the way things have been going here, I feel I'm we. We're on the verge of another breakthrough. The men and women that I'm working with share the same vision, same goal. There are a few more trials that must be conducted over the next few months. Sorry, my mistake. Sam said, then scrambled to reconnect the transmission. Again, errors. It should be back up now. I'll replay the last portion. The transmission was back up again. We have 20 new incubates that are of harvestable ages and more zygotes 
in a state of processing. These are ones with different coding sequences, of course. There were long pauses in between his sentences. He looked away for a moment, combing his beard with his nails. The Series B models are nearly perfected. We have integrated nuanced methodologies for the Series C beta zygotes, but still more testing to conduct. Soon, the world will be ready for you, B7. Just wait. I've scheduled more reality augmentation lessons for you. Check your transmissions list whenever you can. I'll be back home soon. I promise. Holographic imaging deactivated. I took the headset off and left the pod. Series C models sounded really interesting. It would be really nice to meet others like myself, or anyone in general. I felt a slight sense of hunger coming along. Minimal decreases in nutritional sustenance detected, Sam announced. Slight decreases found in proteins and carbohydrates. Would you care for some nourishment? I nodded absentmindedly as I stared at the running electrical currents giving power to Sam underneath the transparent floors across the entire manor. Sam's entire frame of life composed of cords and circuits. Electricity. In a way, Sam's entire body was the manor itself. Every inch of it was Sam's bodily complex. Omnipresent within the confines of these walls and everything that contains synthetic matter, including myself. I knew Sam could hear my thoughts, or at least translate them in code to be interpreted. This never bothered me. It was nice knowing that these cognitive abstractions were shared in some way with someone else. Comfort, maybe. Maybe this is what comfort was, but it felt like. After all, Sam has been present since before my yielding. Sam even assisted in my incubation process, monitoring my vitals while I was growing in a vat, and keeping my body in an optimal state for growth while supplying nourishment. When my incubation process was completed and the neural interface was implanted into my frontal lobe, it was Sam who first introduced me to life. The harmonic tones of the binaural beats that were playing in the cognitive advancement facility soothed me. I could feel the dichotomy of sounds resonate within my brain synchronizing the electrical impulses of both hemispheres as they attempt to create the balance within the varying tones. Homeostasis. The sleek white walls gleamed and danced with a radiant oceanic blue that emanated from Sam's circuits beneath the floor. It was time for a pre-recorded lesson in genetics derived from my father's colleague, Clara. Holographic imaging activated. RNA is a chemical cousin of DNA, and it allows interaction with DNA molecules that have a matching sequence. Along with having a mind geared towards artificial intelligence, my father was a master in the field of genetics. Over the course of my lifespan, I've been fostered with a wealth of knowledge on the subject. But out of respect, I listen faithfully to Clara's transmission on the rudiments and nuances of genetics after the lesson was over. I ended the transmission myself. Holographic imaging deactivated. Yearning for some form of mental release.
I hopped on one of the white scooters near the entrance of the facility and strode towards the art complex, my favorite facility on the island. The air was soft and fresh, carrying a hint of the ocean scent with it as the sun's rays peered through the silken clouds. A beautiful sight, something picturesque that will be seen on magazines and film openings. The air also vibrated with the sound of gold squawking and blocking while pestering about, meddling with whatever shoreline creatures they kept laying their bright orange beaks on. Some were regulars to the side of the island as it was teeming with shellfish and insects. A bountiful meal for the droves of the feathery beaked rats that made this their daily lunch spot. I entered the glass doors of the art complex that was filled with some of the world's finest artwork from some of the most iconic artists, past and present. I have my own personal spot that I'd like to use for my own artistic creations since I was in the earliest stages of my lifespan. I ventured over to the long room, filled with 19 years worth of artwork created by my own hands, face and feet. From my very first drawing to the marble sculpture I have been working on unceasingly for the past few years. With a newfound sense of focus, I grabbed my chisel and hammer and continued the process. The sculpture was a marble rendition of Prometheus, with a horned eagle stoically resting on its left shoulder. I have been inspired to create the piece after a series of lessons in theology derived from a multitude of philosophers. It was my father's way of supplementing the empirical rigor of my other lessons that dealt mostly on the maths and sciences. It was nice to take a break from the complexities of my studies by delving into the arts in some fashion. If I had a life of my own within the sphere of the public, my work would be akin to the greats, and I'd be looked at as a master artist, a true prodigy. I marveled at these cognitive abstractions at times when I'd reflect on my skills and my work, and it fueled me to some degree. Ambition, maybe, passion, who knows? But one thing was for certain, creating artwork unearthed an instinctual feel of gratification and accomplishment that would send my dopamine levels up. Would you care to join me, Sam? I asked. Sam could connect to the interactive walls and create images using pixels. Though, Sam was only limited to recreating things that had already been in existence, lacking a true form of innovation, like a person tracing an already established piece of artwork. I'd be delighted, Sam insisted. Does Mount Every sound appropriate? Soon after, the entire room began to fill with trillions of northern pixels, which quickly formed into a panoramic of Mount Everest. It was a beautiful sight, but it was the result of computer processing and rendering rather than actual artwork. This didn't take away from the ends of it all, however. Mount Everest. It looks nice, Sam, I said with a smile, admiring the crisp detail of the mountain that the pixels rendered. I think we should keep the room looking this way. It adds to the artistic nature of it all. Thank you, Bisidu. I agree. I will load this image into the room's standardized display. I'll even mark it with my signature. The words synthetic artificial macro consciousness appeared in bulk lettering next to the doorway near the floor. Three hours had passed. 
I become much more efficient in the creative process and I was able to accomplish more in three hours than a professional sculptor could do in three days by my independent calculations. I walked near the exit, glaring back at the piece. Only two more weeks or so until it will be completed and will be destined to live a life of stagnation, never to be seen by any eyes but mine. In a way, my Prometheus piece was a bit like me. Since my yielding 19 years ago, no one other than my father and Sam has ever gazed eyes on me, or however Sam truly sees. I was jolted out of my sleep to the sound of Sam regurgitating alarm jargon and the deafening screech of the alarm system. Security alert. System meltdown imminent. Self-destruct sequence initiated. My heart throbbed more than it ever did in my entire existence, pounding almost as if it were burst free from my ribcage. My palms moistened, my breaths were noticeably shortened, my vision blurred. I stood frozen as I watched the time on the walls tick down to the eventual destruction of the island, the manor, my home. The oceanic blue glow from the currents was replaced by a hard, pulsating blood-red beam. I blinked hard, then once more. Snapping my conscious mind back into the physical reality it sought to escape from. Fear? Yes. Fear. There was no mistaking it, despite it being the first instance I've ever felt this rush of mixed hormones which chemically instructed my body and mind to fight for survival. I clenched my fists, then my teeth, and then darted towards the main lab room. I had to find Sam's source code. I burst through the doors, then headed to my father's desk. 20 minutes to self-destruct. I scrambled to his desk and all his files until I found the hard drive. I plugged it into the computer and began searching for Sam's source code. I started to shake and my breath was quickened again. My father was cutting, so I knew finding the code would be one of the most difficult tasks I could ever endeavor. My face felt hot and prickly, like needles were trying to pierce in my pores. Sweat that beaded on my forehead dripped profusely onto the keyboard. I began decrypting so many files, but none contained Sam's source code. A file opened, one that was named only Null. In those moments, time seemed to slow down, and my curiosity overrode my fear. Father always kept his work secret, for the most part never sparing the true details of his work, even to me. I leafed through the folders, thousands of folders with names that were obviously veiled in mystery. Things such as Operation Ant Hill, MBSC, Genome Series C. I uploaded the files onto the drive and continued to search for Sam's code. There you are, I yelled, then began uploading Sam's source code onto the drive. Uploading. My thoughts scrambled. 
Sam's entire essence of existence was now housed inside of a device no bigger than my palm. These abstractions begin again, this time without the company of Sam to listen in. I raced into the incubation portion of the lab where Father curated the vessels. I ran towards the pods of the most developed vessel I could find. A female body floated in the incubation fluid with an oxygen tube laced around its mouth and nose. Brown skin, jet black hair, with a toned, chiseled body. I plugged the drive into the parts computer and uploaded Sam's source code into the vessel. I waited patiently, well, impatiently really, pondering over whether the transfer were even possible. My father had only talked about successful transfers, but I'd never witnessed any myself, nor seen the vessels that house of consciousness. My fear had now been replaced with anxiety. Another set of hormonal balances, or imbalances, that flooded my bodily complex as I looked intently at the inert body. I watched on, a twitch in the hand, followed by the feet. The eyes of the vessel soon opened abruptly and stared straight into mine, like it was seeing through me into my mind itself. I pressed the release on the pop computer, and the vessel, along with the synthetic amniotic fluid, spilled onto the floor. I rushed over to the naked body, covered in fluid that splay on the cold floor. I lifted the head off the floor, sweat still beating on my forehead. Sam? I asked wearily, with a quickening in my breath. No response. Only a cold glare that soon faded as the vessel's eyes shut. Ten minutes until self-destruct.